So if you hold it like this, it won't sound as good. But if you hold it like that, like an ice cream, so ice cream like cone. an ice cream cone, or a lollipop. Everyone really, <laughs> you're like that right in your ears. Give us some more of those sound effects, Maya. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Ambitious. My name is Dallas. I Dallas Clough, similar to Ammon Clough. Mm-hmm. Um, I am. We are related. I am Ammon's uncle, even though Ammon is older than me. The listeners might remember Dane Clough, Ammon's father. That's my brother. He's my oldest brother, and I'm his. Well, his second to youngest. I have a twin brother named Weston who is two minutes younger than me. So oh, we're number nine minutes. and ten. Yeah. Of ten kids. That was a good episode with my dad. AD, it was so ADH good. dad. Yeah, that was good. I yeah. really admire Dane a lot. I mean, it's so interesting. I didn't grow up with him in a way that most people grow up with their siblings. Um, but I grew up with you in a way that most people yeah. grow up with siblings. So I've always right. kind of, even though I'm your uncle, it's always felt more like siblings, you know? Like I've understood you because like a sibling you know mm-hmm. that's how it feels whenever Definitely. i introduce people to you i'm like guy ah, he's my cousin yeah <laughs> he's my brother yeah just gotta get as close as yeah as close as you can but yeah so your mom is my dad's mom mm-hmm. and my dad is how many years older than you 20 I years think your dad's probably right? like 55 or 56 right now right but yeah if, something 54 how many years older is he than you i think he's like 25 years older than me mm, no because i was like 20 th- he was 23 when i was born oh yeah i guess so that yeah that'd make him like 25 yeah. math is hard on a yeah, podcast <laughs> you're thinking about who's listening and judging me for my mental math right now everybody <laughs> everyone so yeah i turned 30 like in january I'll be and here. you're going to Puerto Rico. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're taking a big trip for my 30th birthday. That's so cool. Fun. Yeah. Are you excited? excited? Very so excited. excited. Nice. Would have been more fun if I had actually been able to surprise you. But. Who, who are you? Who, oh, hi. Hi. The mysterious female voice <laughs> in your ears currently. <laughs> I'm Maya Clough, formerly Hoskison, Dallas's wife. We've been married for seven years now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Rounding up on a decade in a couple of years, a few years. That's so, amazing. Yeah. Congrats. Do you have the seven-year itch? <laughs> it's not funny how they always say there's an itch. Like, there's a three-year itch, now a four-year itch, now five-year itch. It's like every year there's supposedly an itch. Yeah. Well, mine ended at seven. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I so guess there is a seven-year itch. Well, I, technically I made it to eight, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just barely. Right. No, yeah. It's because of the, I wasn't allowed to. In Utah, you have to wait a month before they can. The judge will sign oh, that's the paper. Right. So we signed it on like I don't remember sometime in June, and our anniversary is in June, but it didn't go through till July. So hmm. technically, I, I made it. I forgot about that. I remember. That's yeah, interesting. You forgot that I was divorced? No, no, no. <laughs> oh, wait, where is she? I mean, why isn't she here? <laughs> Where's your wife? Where? Oh my gosh! No, I remember you saying that now. You were going through all that, and then there was like all this extra paperwork garbage that took made it just so much more arduous. Yeah, I mean, as far as divorces go, it was so simple yeah. and mm-hmm. quick and easy, and yeah. we didn't have any kids or property. 
but hardly still, any money <laughs> but still the emotional just dragging on i know and it, yeah. yeah but a month some people it's eternal much longer yeah yeah fight for years yeah. makes it really complex well i'm glad that you guys don't have the seven-year itch i'm glad that you were confused by what by that when i said that yeah we're doing Wait, good what? in that respect yeah we're we're still happy yeah you know that's interesting um i was telling one of my so we're we're in southern oregon right now i'm from ashland maya is from dallas oregon Mm -hmm. oddly enough so like all of her sweatshirts said dallas on them so she was when we were dating being mentally prepared i don't know there's something about this girl that (laughs) (laughs) just really likes something subliminal So we're back in Ashland because it's Thanksgiving weekend. Um, yesterday was Thanksgiving. So we are in Medford currently. And um, I, we're celebrating Thanksgiving with Maya's family, the Hoskison, well, the, the Lees, Maya's mother's family. And I was talking with them about marriage a little bit and, and how one of Maya's cousins has twins and I'm a twin, and so we were talking about twins and how Maya's not really a snuggly, cuddly person, and I really am, and it really comes... I'm basically an only child. Yeah. So I'm very independent in that respect. And for me, it comes from, like, being in the womb with somebody, and... and <laughs> you and Weston just cuddling for nine oh months. God. Yeah, and then... <laughs> no, but seriously, being married to a twin is no joke. <laughs> if your physical, yeah. if your, like, love language is not physical affection... Theirs is. Mm. Wow, oh I wonder gosh. how how common that is. Like, do how snuggly twins are in general? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, wh- what I was gonna say though is is being a twin, I think, really preps you in no other way for being married. Mm. Like, like, being a twin prepares you for marriage like nothing else can. You know, I mean. Mm. To be honest, it sounds super weird, but the only difference between being a twin and being married is the sexual aspect. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Ellie George with HomeQuest Realty. If you're in the market for a home in Southern Oregon or thinking of selling your home, I've been working with Ellie George with her marketing and can testify that she is a true pro in the industry. She has an amazing passion for real estate. She's been practicing for over 16 years, sells over 120 homes a year, which is absolutely nuts compared to the average agent only selling about eight. (laughs) When it comes to marketing, I've seen her go the extra mile to make sure her homes stand out and capture eyes nationwide and to net the sellers way more money in the end. She and I work together a lot on her higher end homes, creating videos that beautifully and thoroughly showcase the spaces, and I've absolutely loved working with her. Mention the Ambitious Podcast and get a no-cost, low-pressure consultation. She'll help you with your real estate portfolio, whether it's your first home, investment, move up, or you just want to be constantly aware of your equity position. She's definitely who I would trust for my real estate advisor. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Ammon Clough Creative. Ammon Clough Creative is a business specializing in photography, videography, podcasting, education, and content creation. Services include weddings, small business landing videos, corporate video and photography work, podcast production, product photography, brand exposure, one-on-one and group workshops, and photo shoots in almost any capacity, such as outdoor or indoor, family, couples, or single-person photo shoots. For more information, go to ammonclough.com or check out ammonclough on Instagram at ammonclough. Right? Mm. Right. We share everything. We slept in the same room for like decades. Mm-hmm. We do everything together. We 
I, in high school, from basically birth till high school, people always say, like, what's it like to be in a, being a twin? And I basically say the only difference between us is our first name, you know? Like, our friends, our interests, everything was the same. So when you go from that to being married, when conflicts arise, I'm pretty good at figuring out how to, <laughs> like, maneuver, you know? <laughs> Well, Steady I hope waters. that you don't yeah. handle your conflict with Maya the same way you did with Weston. <laughs> just beating on just me. so <laughs> physical, just beating each other. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but maybe that's what you, maybe that's, you include that in your sexual aspect, just a little bit of <laughs> aggressiveness. <laughs> <laughs> just had some secret BDSM yeah. stuff going on. Gross. I'm glad this room is soundproof. That's right. <laughs> children upstairs, Dallas, come on. <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> Oh my uh, that's cool though that's interesting mm. it's a good point i never really thought about it that way yeah it's and i mean my dad was so my dad's already passed away and he was an incredible example of how to be a really good husband um because my mom had some um she had an aneurysm when i was younger and, and that kind of changed who she was as a person mm-hmm. and so he really had to um he had to be very patient with her because she was very much different than who he married. And so, and that, that was, was so hard. that was right. Like from 11 years old on, you know, that's for like, you. That's you were basically, 11 years old on. Yeah. Right. So that's basically all I can remember of my mom and my dad together, you know? And so you that, really remember her very much before the aneurysm? Mm, no, no, not mm. really. I don't really either. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much what I had to like learn how to be a husband from my father was watching the patience of that, you know, and and uh, so between that and and being a twin, I'm probably the best husband there ever was. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> I could not ask for. So there's better. no seven year itch. There's <laughs> we've got this. <laughs> Just gliding through. <laughs> What's the secret, Dallas? Just so uh, so basically, you just have to have a a twin and a good role model. That's all well, you're, what you're saying. There's no hope for this it's for really me, achievable. Yeah, I, I mean, I have good role models, but I'm not a twin. <laughs> I think it really, to be honest, has to do with like being okay with going with the flow instead of. I think so many people grew up with like this is what I want to do, so it has to be done. As a twin, we were compromising from the earliest memories, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very, very good at compromising with Maya. And if she wants to do something, I can very easily say, okay, let's do it that way. Or here's a great way we can do it between the two, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, That's my nice. secret, my secret to marriage. And it's funny though, too, because I do ask you sometimes, I'm like, you do need to argue with me because there are sometimes when you feel like you're compromising, when you're really just saying, I don't want to be in conflict with you. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm going to roll very good over. With starting conflict. You're <laughs> not good with confrontation. You your way. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't, I don't get in, like, we've been married seven years and we've never had a serious fight, to be honest. Like, not any, like, really big blowouts. No. And everyone else, every, I remember sure. when we were dating and people were like, you can't get married until you have a big fight. We went years after marriage until we had, like, a, we're arguing at each other, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's just because I refuse. So. That does make me think a little bit, though, that I think that maybe I have thought that we've had more fights than you have. Maya's like, <laughs> maybe. my experience is very different. 
like maybe i've been dating your twin this whole time i just don't know is that the secret you just kind of switch out when you're tired of her you just let weston have a a few it it worked in high school (laughs) (laughs) substitute teachers definitely didn't know what was going on i guess we should also tell the listeners maya was my is my one and only girlfriend so i didn't have a lot of experience but still working out (laughs) we made it work yep that's wild man i didn't know that you didn't know that i didn't I guess I just didn't really think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I had, I would say, opportunities, but I just... Never like a real full-on relationship. Yeah, I never I never had a relationship, mostly because I just... Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was... There was never... I had opportunities, but not with anywhere close to the right people. And I knew it. So I was like, why even star anything yeah you know hmm. were you just really picky or just none of the other girls are wearing shirts with your name on them i think weston <laughs> was weston was a little better looking than i was i think my weston, he was just more girl crazy yeah he was very much yeah i agree you're just more focused on like sports and just long-term goals i suppose yeah I was a bit more ambitious. It's an old soul. <laughs> hey. an old an soul. Old soul. we've also yeah. talked about that it's super weird that both of us we're kind of like these old souls and also had very old parents for our age. Like both of our fathers were born in 1939. Yeah, mm-hmm. How weird is that? And we're still in our 20s. 19 what? 39. 39. Both of our parents. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. My dad was Whoa. 50 when I was born. And for her, it would have been like 53 or two or something like that. Your like dad was, rare. wait, your dad was 50? 50, yeah. So, and we're two and a half wow. years apart, so. Yeah, 52 yeah. or three. Mm, that's crazy. But that, I mean, that brings out a whole different, like, we were raised with a completely different set of values and thing, and a different way than most millennials our age, you know? How so? Just because the millennials our age were raised by the children of our parents' age, you know? Or mm-hmm. Like, mm. like for example, you and I, your dad... Oh yeah, like my dad was way younger than your dad, but we're like, your dad could be age. my dad, right? So but like, I was raised by the same person who raised your dad, right? That's a good point. Like actually. my my dad, my my parents are nineteen years apart in age, uh-huh. and so my dad is the same age as my mother's parents. That's interesting. About do you, do you feel? I, I mean, I guess you have nothing to really compare it to because you've only had the parents you've had, right? But do you feel like you're, I don't know, the way that you think or the way that you have been taught is like antiquated compared to other kids that you're, other people your age? It's an interesting way to phrase it. Yeah, I uh, I think so. I mean, it's in some ways for sure. Like you more traditional in the sense of... I think so. Of- and it was also like, I mean, just down to like the media that I consumed for sure as a kid. Like I was raised on like I Love Lucy and oh, yeah. like exactly. all the oldie goldies, you know. <laughs> my mom I never me. watched Spongebob yeah. at my house, you know. Oh, yeah. It was like all TV land and Oh, yeah. yeah. Leave, it to, Leave it to Beaver was like, my mom's like, watch this and you'll learn everything you need to know yeah, about life. for sure. That and gun smoke. Yep, for sure. Yep. And uh-huh. my mom, would, she would always tell me, like, once you start dating, all you got to do is take your wife, take your girl to your house and watch old westerns, and she'll fall right in love. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, what the heck? But the craziest thing is, I, mean, I guess it worked. The craziest thing is now that we're married and we're living in the same house, it's Maya that puts on those movies because she was raised by the same age you know right Parents, it's not like basically. you're introducing me to them right because we were both raised by the same type That's of so funny. people in that mm-hmm. regard hmm. 
So it's just weird, like cultural yeah. happenstance. And that is really interesting. That. I've never thought about that before. Yeah. Just being raised by older parents, you're going to just have different, I guess, just older ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. So Maya, from your perspective, as far as like Dallas being a good husband, how do you think that he does with with I mean, he was saying that he does a good job with compromising from your perspective is that true yeah i think he does do a good job with compromising what i was joking about earlier is that sometimes he does in in the name of compromising will uh not give up i was gonna like, say give up, give up. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of how it sounded <laughs> yeah. just like avoid to avoid the confrontation and say mm-hmm. it's compromise he'll just give up instead and uh sometimes that'll come up up later where there was something that he really did want but in the moment he didn't want to fight me on it so it's not even really giving up it's just like he's just straight up betraying himself right <laughs> in yeah, order for to make sure. you happy for mm. sure and also kind of <laughs> even like, if he doesn't want to do the thing yeah and and something that i've gotten we've talked about before that i've gotten frustrated with is um that i've i, I don't remember if you it's been a while since i told you this so i don't even know if you remember but like we talked about or dallas talked about um how his dad really how, well how did you phrase how your dad taught or not taught handled my dealt mom. with you mm. oh, sorry yeah dealt with, <laughs> dealt with yeah exactly exactly. like dealt oh, with. Yeah. that sometimes Survived. he'll take that good role model that his father was as a very kind and understanding person <clears throat> of how he dealt with diana mm-hmm. and deal with me in kind of the same way mm. <laughs> and it Sounds doesn't so feel bad. good <laughs> it doesn't feel yeah good. i mean it's just it's, it's just like linguistics some, yeah it's yeah. like and it it uh in the way like i've said before i'm like don't like put me on a pedestal and say like that i i'm gonna make all the right decisions or like my way is the right way just because you don't want to oh so i could conflict so you're saying like no i actually want you to tell me what you want right like what do you actually think exactly like i want to fight a little bit about it because Mm. i want us to actually be a partnership and work it out Mm -hmm. even if that means that we have to hash it out a little bit Mm -hmm. rather than you just like treat me like I'm fragile, right? Mm. Or like, you can't tell me no. Or that, you that is the last word that I would use to describe you. Fragile. fragile. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Very non-fragile. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and overall, Dallas doesn't treat me like that. But in some sometimes right. when we're trying to make decisions or I have a really strong opinion and Dallas just doesn't want to fight me on it at the moment, it'll feel like that. So we've talked about that before, for sure. And yeah. But it, that's definitely gotten better over the years for sure yeah i struggle with that too i think that that's a big reason why i've had failed relationships in the past is because i just didn't speak up for myself at all and then ultimately just lost myself Mm -hmm. and then everything that i wanted or if i was asked what i wanted i would just i would default to like well what does the person asking me want Mm -hmm. or what does my wife want so I basically had no identity anymore. And then I eventually grew out of that and I was like, I'm just really unhappy yeah. and I have no personality. I'm, and so then I started to speak up more. And when you've betrayed yourself and just done everything for your wife or your partner for so long and then start to speak up, they don't, they tend to not like that. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you all of a sudden going against me? Like, that's never been a thing. Right. So and it's like, oh, well, it's what I wanted the yeah. whole time. Yeah. So it's kind of like my bad. I remember yeah. that though. Like we lived in, Maya and I lived in Portland while you lived in Portland. Mm-hmm. So we were, 
we would see you and and your ex-wife all the time you can say her name okay, okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. anyway so we would see you guys and hang out with you guys and it's a naughty word around here <laughs> i just um like i mentioned earlier i grew up with you and like i've known you since i was able to remember knowing things and and so i've i've seen you progress i've seen what what you know interests mm-hmm. you what made you angry what made you happy i know you as well as i know niall right mm-hmm. my older brother who i grew up with and and so when i would see you with dan maurice and see exactly what you're talking about how you would you would uh not get to be what you liked you wouldn't get to do what you would like to do. You would have to do everything that she wanted to do, and you would just accept that. Just roll over and die. Oh, it made me so sad. Dude, or angry. So angry and like, sad. It, that's interesting from your perspective, knowing me so well. You could probably tell every single time that every, I did that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, when you had a podcast for her, it would, like, almost make me cry listening to it. And it was never even things that she was never being mean to you she was never it was just the little things that she would say and the way you would respond i would know exactly your true feelings behind what you were saying mm-hmm. and knew that you were not actually happy and it was so sad yeah. to me so i'm very gosh, happy with gosh. where you are thank now in your life i got out of that yeah and so that's not where my and i are even though i do like I really try hard not to and it's just like how I was raised and how I've I've cho I've made a lot of decisions personally growing up I said this is who I want to be this is how I want to act and those decisions have made me who I am and how I am a spouse and and I always was telling myself I don't want to be confrontational I want to make it so my wife gets to be you know I want her to be the one that makes all the decisions, which you may not think is healthy. That's just the decisions I made. But I don't let it make my life miserable. I am happy with Maya. And, yeah, I mean, very. Yeah, and I'm very not here to happy. judge you at all. Yeah. I'm just here to challenge you and ask yeah. questions. Yeah, but yeah, it's great. Good. Yeah, totally. And I'm, I'm very comfortable being challenged because I'm very comfortable with our relationship. Good for you, man. Yeah. I love that confidence. Yeah. Uh, I so my brother Canyon, which you know very well. Yeah. He he's really good at remaining steady and consistent in who he is. Mm. He's like one of the people in my life that I look to for that, and also I, that I look to to hold me to being like that. Mm. And so I'll like I'll do something that's out of character. Like if I get into a new relationship, yeah. like when I was uh, when I first got divorced, I was just rock bottom <laughs> like right. what am i doing who am i mm-hmm. like redefining my life which you know was very public and i've talked about it on the podcast and you know you know about it because you're my family right and i met this girl and i was dating her but she was like almost 40 and she had kids, had kids mm, right. that's and right. i was like yeah she's really nice like she's really emo- she emotionally validates me like it just felt really good because I was kind of deprived of that in my marriage. I just didn't really have a lot of emotional validation. And so I was with this girl and we weren't like dating, but we were hanging out and I was considering it. I was like really into it. And I brought her to a game night at Canyon's house. And <laughs> I checked in with him the next day. I was like, Hey, so what'd you think? And he was like, 
what are you doing? <laughs> like, it felt like we were hanging out with, like, we were playing games with you and mom. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? You're like, Candy, I just need stability. She's really stable. Even <laughs> though he's that, he's, he's young, he's got a lot of wisdom in that. And he'll call oh me out gosh. constantly. He does the same thing to Brayden. What are you doing? That's this so isn't funny. you. That's so wild. I, 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 I love Canyon. He changed so much right when I got married and moved away. Mm-hmm. And I've seen him very infrequently since then. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I hardly know Canyon anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, you and Brayden, I grew up with you guys so close that I've kept tabs all the time. Well, yeah. And we got married and you came back at such a pivotal time in his life, which yeah, was, like, Canyon, right I, at, like, yeah, entering I've teenagehood. A... Canyon's life? Oh, you mean me? No, Canyon's no, Canyon, life. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I definitely, I love Canyon. I really want to get closer. I saw him yesterday and I, oh, he's so cool. I really like Canyon. Yeah, he's got a lot of emotional depth. Yeah. And, yeah, he's cool. But that's the part of Canyon I have never seen, you know? Mm-hmm. Because he was a child last time I was living in this area. Mm-hmm. And then he's changed into a grown-up, an adult, and he is mm-hmm. emotionally deep, and I've just never seen it. So I mm-hmm. would love to get to know that side of Canyon. I can't wait. Yeah, my therapist and my physician have both been saying that I need to get more alone time because me and taylor we live together we work together mm-hmm. we travel together we're always together and so i was complaining to my doctor i was like doc i think that these new meds you're having me on are are making me really irritable he's like well what else is going on in your life and i was like i and i told him just so i told you he's like well you need to have some alone time like <laughs> yeah. it's not just the meds anyway so the point i'm making i don't know what that doesn't really play into the story too much but the point was that i went to gold beach to get some alone time me and canyon went together and we just had like a weekend alone mm-hmm. and it was so cool just like hung out we did puzzles went out to these like really skanky restaurants and just like had <laughs> fish food on the earth nice. i almost had fish food seafood on the sea and uh yeah it was great Super good. Awesome. I, I've been really loving getting to know him the past couple of years. That's what we have back. to do is get Canyon to come stay in our Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Get him alone. And, and his girlfriend. Sounds so <laughs> yeah. uh, with the word. Canyon, if you're listening. Uh, onim- ominous? Ominous. Ominous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Canyon, if you're listening, what are you saying? We're going to put you in our basement in Montana. <laughs> it's actually really comfortable. I stayed there. There's just really big wolf spiders, so watch out. That's right. Oh, yeah. man. Thankfully, we're out of that season. They're all dead now. <laughs> oh, so gross. That was the biggest spider I've ever seen in person. Oh, I'm so sorry. They're harmless, fortunately. But they're so scary looking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so we live in Montana. We That's love a good it segue. out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Been in yeah. Montana for four years now, right? Four years? It was 2017 when I graduated, and we moved right after that. Because I went, I went to art school. For you who don't know me out there, I went to art school at the Oregon College of Art and Craft in Portland, which is since closed down unfortunately but i got all the way through it nice yeah just barely not barely no i got through it very successfully what i mean is it closed down two years after i graduated <laughs> i know i got yeah. it from the context yeah. but that thank you for clarifying thank you. <laughs> your work is fantastic by the way thank you i just recently started following you on instagram <laughs> <laughs> you knew about yeah, that you I, made the realization like, like, when what? you were there last how time. am i not following you but i knew about your work i yeah. was following you on facebook and i had like three accounts on instagram yeah, i was following like... you with one of them but yeah my main account i wasn't prime. so it's been now i have on my feed now more. i have prime eyes on my work yes i appreciate it right yeah yeah your work's good thank you yeah i'm a ceramic sculptor i make figurative 
work about the maternal experience primarily because I had my first child in the middle of my Bachelor of Fine Arts. My we should go back though and say that Maya was in art school before we were married and before just barely she though had kids. But what I'm saying is, Maya was she was raised with ceramic artists as parents. Both of her yeah. parents were ceramic artists, Still so are. she just kind of always knew that's what she wanted to do because she had a passion for it. But her artwork never had a focus until. She had her first child, and then it really, it really gained a focus. Mm-hmm. She was a very good ceramic artist, but she didn't know what she wanted to sculpt, and then that changed. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, Dallas and I met when I was going to school at Southern Oregon University. I was going to go get my art degree, my BFA, and you got back from your mission that summer, that spring. Mm-hmm. We met in the fall at LDS Singles Ward. Ammon, have you heard Alice's pickup line for how he introduced himself to me? Maybe. <laughs> I should say before <laughs> before we even talk about that, I should say that I was sitting at church with your brother Brayden, Ammon, mm-hmm. and um, he and I were sitting there together, and and I had just scoping out the cuties. Just mm-hmm. gotten back from my mission. Yeah, exactly. And there was no cuties in that ward. And then all of a sudden Maya got up to give a talk and I had never had a girlfriend and was so insecure because I know the word you're talking about and you're right. None. Very dry. No cuties. Oh, it was a rough word. Yeah. 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 So I, and Weston had always had girlfriends I never had. So I was just like, I never, I'm never going to get married. It's totally fine. I'll just kind of do what I have to do. And, mm-hmm. and then, so Maya got up to talk and I was like, Oh my gosh, this girl is, everything she's perfect so i leaned over to brain and my brain my name on her shirt i was like brain you gotta go talk to that girl man oh really i was like i was like someone's gotta get with this girl but i have no chance so brayden you should go wow i did not know that yeah and brayden's like yeah i don't think so man she's pretty tall i'm like a i'm like a head taller than brayden is (laughs) you are really tall i'm really tall i'm like 5'10 yeah, so there's the lead way into the pickup yeah, line. Yeah, so I, yeah, like Dallas said, I got up in front of the congregation, gave a talk. Part of my talk was like, hey, I'm Maya, I'm new to the ward, I'm new to the area, going to school, going for art, blah, blah, blah. I'm from Dallas, Oregon. I'm here now. After the meeting, I come down from the the um, pulpit and, or the stand, and Dallas meets me in the middle um, walkway and we'd never talked before I'd never met him mm-hmm. so he comes up to me and he's like hey you did a really good job on your talk and I was like thanks so much and he said so you said you're from Dallas Oregon I said yeah I sure am he said my name is Dallas he's like I have the perfect thing to say <laughs> and I was like awesome and he didn't have anything to follow it up so I awkwardly walked around him and went to Sunday school <laughs> and said see you later that was his pickup line that was it wait can, so what were you expecting can you tell him can you tell I was a womanizer and had so much experience yeah. I just I mean like what was what was your outcome? What yeah, was, in your what head, the... like what were you hoping? Were you just like I think I was just I trying to, say... to see if this girl was good enough for Brayden? I guess <laughs> <laughs> you're just like all I got to do is make the connection. Just let her know that my name is the same name as her town. That's right. Yeah, and then kismet. She'll uh, from there. The cards will fall. Obviously, I had no, I had no hope, man, no hope. But I was just like, I've got to talk to this girl. It was very endearing. And then luckily for him, I was a bad Mormon and didn't have my scriptures with me in Sunday school. So then he was able to sidle up to me and say, would you like to share with me during the lesson? I love how that's your classification of a bad Mormon. Yeah. It makes me feel terrible. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> if that's 
I'm going to hell. <laughs> it's okay. Maya still doesn't bring her scriptures to anything. Yeah, no, so. never ever. Yeah, well, I'm doing much less than that. <laughs> I bring much less. I don't even bring my body to church. <laughs> well, let me tell you my experience with that singles ward. I My first time going there, I showed up and... You know, the room was filling in with people. I was fresh off the mission. And then super cute girl walks in. I'm like, oh, yes. There's hope. She's so hot. She sits on the other side of the room. And then in walks Stevie Jorgensen, sits mm. next to her. I'm like, I have no chance. chance. <laughs> yeah. Done. And I never went again. That I was moved it? to Utah a week later. <laughs> I don't think anybody listening here may know Stevie, oh, but yeah, he was he was the epitome of male. I don't even know who that male, is. Male uh, dominance. Yeah, he just he's just like the the dude that lived here, or grew up here, and that just just like the guy. He wasn't the even, typical hot guy, but just yeah. that Ashland people. It's like he's royalty. Yeah, right? not, not even not even just Mormons. Like he was like star football player. Like yeah, okay, very cool guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he lives I, up to the hype. Yeah, he's, so he, but he's still an amazing guy. I really love Stevie. I never yeah. get to see him, but he's a he's married guy. now, has a kid, living still in Colorado, goes to church. Yeah, yeah, he's a great guy. So after the pickup line, love at first sight. Now you guys are you're done with your BFA. You yep. squeak through, <laughs> right? <laughs> just, by, just by my teeth. And then Dallas, yeah. you were selling cars, driving at for Uber. Point, at that point, we had one child. Right. So we yeah. we met in we met in Southern Oregon, and then my college was going through a bunch of um, financial strife, and mm-hmm. were I don't even I don't know if they actually did, but they were very seriously talking about cutting the art program. And so what it was going to be was everyone who was in the art pr- program currently, they were going to like float through to graduation. And I was like, Mm-mm, I'm not here for this. This like half mm. assed like <laughs> attempt to graduate mm-hmm. us. No, thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to transfer to Portland. And um, so we dated. We started dating that fall. It really was. After we met, we really did hit it up off really quickly after that, even mm-hmm. though I say, make it sound like it was a super lame like. Was he your first, first boyfriend, too? No, no, no. I had a really serious boyfriend in high school oh. and a couple like not so serious before and after that. But um, uh, we had Serious off. for high school. It was, it was serious for high school. And right. um, anyway, we hit it off really quickly. So we started dating pretty soon, like a few months after we met. Um, and dated long t- or long distance for a while while well, he was in Idaho at BYUI for a semester and then in person for another three months that spring, that next spring of whatever year that was, 2014, I think. And then we got engaged and married. So it was like a year total of dating, engagement, to when we were married gotcha. and when we had met. Yeah, and we knew each other for a while before that. Yeah. While I was so with all of that, part of the reason... Trying to go on dates with me. Right, so part of the reason that we... Had such a we had a three month three month engagement and part of the reason for that was because I was transferring to Portland for school and it was going to be really complicated because we didn't want to live together if we weren't married mm-hmm. for us to move to Portland and have to get separate apartments and me to start school or Dallas to like stay in Ashland so we were like we'll just get married really quickly and then when we transfer we can get an apartment together when I start school that August so. Anyway, yeah. So then you I guys decided school. to get married really quickly so that you could live together, right? 
Yeah. Because she Basically. was moving to a different because city. Because I was moving to Portland. I was moving mm. across the state. So it was just like a logistical thing. Mo- yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, at <laughs> that. Wasn't involved yeah. at all. Right. It was just like, well. You know. yeah. It was really, there were two dates. We were either looking at getting married when we, we did or getting married around like this time of year so that mm-hmm. we could have family all in town because mm-hmm. Dallas's family is so huge. We obviously. were already yeah. engaged and we, I mean, it was just very clear that we were. There was no hesitation. We were so the we're correct like, Might as well just match, right? Make it work. How did you know that though, Dal? Like not having any romantic partners before um, dating and um you know i mean nobody goes through life thinking i wonder who i want to marry you know wait you have, what what are you talking about no one goes I through do. life i did what did no. you just say okay sorry i guess i'll rephrase <laughs> that to say you really were you did have other priorities You're yeah, like, what? For real. <laughs> what i mean is nobody has no list of what the qualities they want in a woman right Everyone's got a bit of a list of like, here's okay. what I want my wife to be like, right? Oh, yeah. Here's the personality the traits. Qualifiers. Here's the ambition. Like, this is what I want my wife to kind of fit into the category of, right? Mm-hmm. Maya checked 100% of the boxes. She was like exactly who I wanted, even like body type. Like, you were like <laughs> the wah, wah, exact wah. Man, everything. that's – I mean, I wrote those lists and I look back at some of them. Not – I don't like have physical ones, but in my head, mm-hmm. like, I'm super glad I didn't marry the – First list girl. <laughs> no, that's funny. Like the first draft. How did you get it <laughs> the right the first time? Yeah. <laughs> there was yeah, also yeah. <laughs> Glad I didn't turn that one in. There was also like together we had a very spiritual confirmation together mm. as well, which was very special. So, um, I mean that at that point we knew together, like emotionally, that we wanted to get married, and then we had that spiritual confirmation. It was just like, man, this is just pretty much perfect, mm-hmm. you know? Would you say that the emotional and spiritual confirmations were different? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was like a there was like an actual event kind oh. of thing. Yeah. You don't have to be super secretive about it. We were at the... Well, no, I'm, but like, how do you explain it, you know? Well, I can, I'll try to explain it. I mean, if you, if you guys feel comfortable. No, of course, yeah, I feel I'd very comfortable about it. it, but the way that you're talking about it makes it feel like... So cryptic and so mysterious. I, I will yeah, try to explain that's it. That's true. Sorry. Yeah. So we were. I mean, it sounds very special. And it sacred. was super special. So we were. So like I said, Dallas was in um, at BYU Idaho for a semester, and so we were dating long distance. We were on the phone constantly, skyping as much as we could, all that stuff. I went to go visit him, spring break. Right? It was. Was that right, Dallas? doesn't really matter. I no, went to it wasn't because I, I finished. It was like in the middle of January. No, no, no. It was the middle of December. So it must have been winter break. It was yeah. probably the beginning of my winter break. doesn't matter. Anyway. I went to go visit him. <laughs> it really doesn't matter. I went to go visit him. I was only there for three months. There was no break for me while I was right. there. Um, so Weston. <laughs> Don't miss any details, though. Yeah. Weston and his girlfriend at the time and I road tripped to Idaho to go visit Dallas since I had time off school or whatever. Um, and we stayed for a while and there was a, one of the nights we went up to the Rexburg temple and we're just walking around the grounds of the temple just at night watching, looking at the lights and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's like behind the temple, there's kind of like a terraced garden area. And we it, were, it's just very private and very, we were very much alone. Right. So it was just us. It was like pretty late at night. We were sitting and we were talking and, you know, like holding each other and stuff. And like both of us simultaneously. Well, we were very much talking about Talking like about marriage. the future mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And both of us like simultaneously felt confirmation that like we were going to be together 
Yeah. And it was like, it's like Adele said, it's really hard to describe, but it was, it felt super simultaneous. Mm -hmm. Like both of us were like, oh yeah. It was just like an overwhelming washing feeling of like, yeah. Yes. This is, this is meant to be. Like a few months. Okay. Yeah. Because I think we started dating in like October. This was like December or Mm -hmm. January. It really hadn't been all that long. Yeah. We didn't get engaged right away. We then dated for a few more months. Mm Mm-hmm. I've always been confused like on like the the reason I ask the difference between the emotional and spiritual is because I've always been kind of confused on how to tell the difference or I what think the difference is. That's a good is. question. Mm-hmm. I think an emotional thing is not all of a sudden, right? An emotional thing takes time to grow and to work on and oftentimes a spiritual thing like when I was on my mission preaching religion, right? We would we would meet with somebody and say, here's what we're teaching. This is what we believe. Now it's up to you to find out if it's true or not. And so we'd invite them to pray and ask. And we'd go back the next day, and oftentimes these people would be like, I prayed and I know. You know, they would have a spiritual confirmation, which is all of a sudden, right? Hmm. It's like a very and much it's also real... Like- after the emotional work right the emotional work is slower Mm -hmm. and gradual and then after that more gradual ascension i Mm -hmm. mean both of those ways Mm -hmm. right i could see it working the opposite way too though like uh like you've heard of impulsiveness Mm -hmm. like an, an, an emotional impulsive decision um people do that all the time people make emotional totally snap decisions out of Mm -hmm. just pure emotion Mm -hmm. all of a sudden Mm -hmm. and when I served my mission, it was more like the spiritual took a long time. Like you, you baptize somebody or you start teaching somebody and they're like an emotional or they're a spiritual infant. Mm-hmm. You hear that? Mm-hmm. And it like, it takes them a long time to build their testimony. And so I kind of see it the opposite way. It, the spiritual is a slower thing and emotional is more like. That's interesting. I, I think that there are spiritual events that are very much all of a sudden and happen very quickly that are life-changing. But I believe, as you're saying, that if you don't put any effort into those, if you just say that was it, let's just like remember that forever, it will fade and become nothing every time. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, every every single emotion, you know, everything, in my opinion, every spiritual event has to be followed up with with work and effort to maintain and um and then you will continue to receive more or have more spiritual yeah i agree with that yeah i definitely agree with that yeah but yeah i was just curious like the emotional what, what was yeah it was for it for you yeah but that's cool that sounds well, awesome yeah that was our that was our trajectory so mm-hmm. yeah it all went slow on some mormon standards relatively fast on uh, <laughs> right yeah standards but That's somewhere true. in the middle and then yeah then we were in portland yeah, yeah so it's we were, worked out like you're mm-hmm. still yeah. together you have you have your ambitious life and your <laughs> which we'll get to yeah but yeah yeah so in portland we finished school and as soon as we finished school i was like working just I was switching jobs pretty often. I I got into a car dealership and really liked it. I started as a detailer and then moved into a salesman. 
and then soon after I moved into a service writer. So I worked as a service writer for like a, over a year and enjoyed that line of work. But then when Maya had Isla, our first baby. Which was the summer between my second and third year mm-hmm. of college. It became mm. very clear that um, if she were to continue with school, I needed to have a very flexible schedule. So that I we wouldn't have to do a whole lot of daycare and stuff. So then I switched to driving for Uber and Lyft in Portland, which worked out so well like, for me. Yeah, so yeah. much better than we. I was imagined. like, you're a really good people person. Like you're you were a good salesman. You're good at just talking yeah. to people mm-hmm. and finding connections with anyone. Yeah, very was super friendly curious. and personable. Yeah, but with Uber and Lyft, that doesn't really I don't think play into it a whole lot. It was just more of just like like. Portland's big enough. I was getting calls all the time, and I made as much money doing Uber as I was doing my other jobs. Selling I, cars, yeah. Well, what? Maybe not wow. sell, selling cars. I yeah, made selling, a lot of money, but, but I also, hated it. It was selling really? selling cars. It's still the thing that if like when he was selling cars and he decided to stop selling cars, I swore to him. I was like, if you ever talk about doing this again, like we're gonna have a real serious sit down conversation because this was sucking your soul it was literally the night that i went into labor with isla dallas was making a sale on a car and this is all like we were in conversation i was okay with it but he was making a sale on a car until like 10 o'clock that night and i went through like the first early hours of labor (laughs) by myself and then with my family we should also mention that i my literal dealership was a four minute drive to my house yeah it was strategically like like, okay (laughs) we were like texting nonstop, and i was like i can be there in literally five minutes so keep me updated you know and she's like i'm doing okay i was like okay i'm making a sale so might as well keep going but it was like that and like just like the like it's it's really the, it's the culture the of culture I, in it, right? I really do enjoy selling cars and I, right now currently I'm a salesman and mm-hmm. I love it. I love selling because I love talking and meeting to new meeting new people and helping them get things that they need. But with cars, there's a culture of cutthroat and 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 competitiveness. The yeah, stabbing were them back. against each other. It was like, that, that was the only part that I could not stand. But sales was great. So I always yeah. think, like, man, I should go back to sales because I really made good money. But it's like, oh my gosh. I could never do car sales. Never, ever, ever, yeah. ever again. So anyway, I went into driving for Uber and Lyft. And that was awful. Yeah. Don't roll over, Dallas. It if you want to do awful. sales, you do sales. <laughs> Don't let Maya tell you. I'm being too domineering. Well, we'll uh, eventually we'll get into my current job, which is perfect. So yeah. we did Uber and Lyft, and that worked great. And then Maya finished school. And, and because I was doing Uber, it was like there is nothing tying us to Portland at all. She just finished school. She doesn't have a job. I have a job I could take anywhere if I wanted to. And so we came out and visited my brother in Bozeman, Montana. And we were like, okay, the ceramics culture is incredible out here. There's really good fly fishing. I'm super into fly fishing and outdoors. And and our baby is still two years old and very portable. So yeah. So just try we were just like, new. let's just yeah. portable. Let's sign a one year <laughs> lease with my brother Niall. He doesn't have any kids yet. He's married. We'll just get an apartment with him and his wife, and we'll go from there. You know, because we were so young, we we're just like, it doesn't even matter. You know, mm-hmm. we were out there for that you know six months or so and we're like this is awesome we do love it here not only do we want to renew a lease but it's expensive so we want to try to buy 
So we looked into a house, and right when our lease was ending, we found a house and bought a house. And mm-hmm. so that's why we are still in Portland, in Bozeman, and, and well, we're in Belgrade it. now, just oh, outside yeah. of Bozeman. Just like a five-minute drive, yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys' house is dope. Yeah, we love it out there. So we got a four-bedroom house, and and that yeah, was you, I am going to take a pee break while okay. Dallas finishes. Yeah, we'll entertain the troops for you. So, um, while we um we're making that move of like we're renting with my brother Niall which he just had a baby so we can no longer rent a place with them they need an extra room so it was like rent costs let's say I think we were spending $1,600 a month on this house with him wait between the two of you or each but it was like the total for the place was like $1,600 gotcha. yeah so we we're each paying like $800 or so that's nice yeah, which it wasn't too bad, but that's impossible to find if you're on your own with just your spouse. You know, yeah. you can't just pay eight hundred dollars. So we're like, well, we're looking at like a thousand dollars a month, which is insane for us. Because I, I was at that point, I was working in it as a as a furniture maker. I was making um, hardwood furniture, which is. I got that job because I had a passion for woodworking and really wanted to get into woodworking, but I didn't really want to do it as a profession. I really more of wanted to have a hobby. Mm-hmm. While Maya was going to school, an art school, I was taking community classes at her art school to have access to the wood shop and to learn more skills, and I absolutely loved it. Woodworking was just like my thing, right? Yeah, and so You've always like that. Mm-hmm. So I was like. If I'm going to become a wood, if I want to have woodworking skills, the best way to do that is to get a job doing furniture, making furniture. And I have to do that now while I'm young before I start a career. And so that was what I did when we moved to Bozeman. I, I got a cabinet job and it didn't work out. And then I got a furniture job, which is exactly what I wanted. Mm-hmm. So I got that. It was really, really nice. And so we were working that job, but it didn't pay super, super well. And so we had an option we could either rent but we couldn't really afford it or we could potentially try to buy a house that was big enough to run an airbnb or rent and that would help be in mortgage make it in the same situation that we were in with my brother right so we did we found a house that was like it was like three hundred thousand dollars and we're like oh my gosh our Hmm. our mortgage was two thousand dollars a month yeah and so we were like Hopefully, we can Airbnb this out. And so we, like, bought the house, did a bunch of remodeling, and got the downstairs ready. And, oh, my gosh, it worked so good. So good. And really, actually, right after we bought the house, we got pregnant again with our next child. And then I got, like, fired from my job because... They moved locations, and the guy budgeted, like, a weekend to do it, and it took, like, weeks and weeks and weeks, and so he was super broke, and I was the lowest man on the totem pole, and he was like, I just can't afford to hire, keep you on, and so I was like, oh, now nah, I'm screwed, you know? <laughs> I just bought a house, bro, and a wife's pregnant. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was, it was actually, it was awful, so bad that, like, timing. most of the guys that worked there with me, like, quit very soon after because oh really I, like you said I'm a people person they really liked me and they were so upset with the way he treated me that they were like nah we're out of here mm. it was pretty dumb but um, it worked out really well in my favor I got a job pay- paying way better and then I then got a different job paying way better and that's the job I'm in now where I do hardwood flooring sales 
which is really cool because I get to work with wood. Now, I don't really, like, touch wood, but I get to, like, sell wood. Yeah. And work with people. So I, I'm, like, kind of a desk job, but, like, it's, I go out and do outside sales. I drive to job sites and designers and, like, hey, here's what Reloading we offer. Reloading bullets at your desk while selling wood. <laughs> Got a good life, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's not a difficult. Wait, is that illegal? Well, no, I'm. No. <laughs> yeah, it, my job is. Oh, your boss is definitely going to listen to this. Right. Yeah, exactly. Dave, turn it off. Tell us <laughs> wasting time at his desk. No, it's cool. Um, there's and that's one thing. The people I work for are just amazing people, and and they're so nice. And and my I work with one other guy. In the, uh, the store we're in is very very profitable, and we do our job, and so it works really well. And I get a lot of flexibility, which is pretty amazing. So. Anyway, so nice. we can talk about uh, – we missed a little bit in there about what Maya was doing in Bozeman when we first uh, moved to Bozeman. We can talk about your job. at. Yeah, the, speaking of you losing jobs, right after we moved to Bozeman, you lost your job. Yeah, we like said that. Mm-hmm. Oh, you said that already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so after – You were peeing. Yeah, sorry. I have missed my it. little tiny bladder and this really big cup of water. Um, yeah, when you lost that job when we first moved to Bozeman, I jumped on and got a – Stepped up big time. I got a job – Thankfully, there was a job open in our tiny little Montana community that was related to my degree, which was um, a production pottery position. So I was wow, throwing, that's cool. I was throwing um, pottery plates, mold, bowls, mugs, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, for this company called Mountain Arts Pottery. Um, yeah, and they had a job opening, so I jumped on with them. I was one of the two potters there and filled in the gap of income while Dallas was looking for a new job. Mm -hmm. I'm super interested in like in your, just like the dynamic you have now with your, the house, like you, you built your dream wood shop studio in your house. That was a a big part of what we looked for when we were buying the house. I think I heard you when I was coming in back in, you were talking about that. We did the Airbnb or bought the house because mm-hmm. it had the possibility to do Airbnb. Right. But my big caveat for whatever house we bought was like, I don't care how many bedrooms, whatever the kitchen looks like, it has to have a garage because I have to have studio space. Like I just got this arts degree and if I'm not using it, I'm going to lose my mind. So that mm-hmm. was my really big caveat. And so we found a house with the, uh, everything that we needed, the space to do Airbnb, Obviously, room enough for us to live. Mm-hmm. Extra large garage. And then an extra large double, an extra long double garage. So originally it was going to be my studio was the whole garage. And then that ended up being we built a wall down the middle of it so Dallas could have half of his yeah. oh space. Oh, my gosh. It was like right after we bought the house. <clears throat> like we, so we were renting with my brother. We were paying like $800 a month. And then we just was like, here's a house for 300000 Your mortgage payment is going to be 2000 And we were just like. There's no way we can afford this, but if we play our cards right, there's a slim chance this might work we can out. Make it work. And we just we yeah. took the plunge, you know. And I, I would say, as far as ambition, that was one of my biggest things. It was like it was scary. It was scary. But risk. We had a co- Mike. My parents co-signed our mortgage. Like to be super translucent or transparent. Like Dallas's mom helped us with the down payment. My parents helped co-sign. Like mm-hmm. that's the reason we were able to even like take the step to buy a house yeah and then we're like okay now we gotta make the mortgage work and we're like here's yeah. how we're gonna do it and so, yeah so we we bought this place and then very soon after we bought it like within a month or two 
my mom contacted me and said, hey, I'm re- going to remodel. Or my twin brother, Weston, moved into my mom's house with her and, and his wife and kid. And and he was like, we're going to remodel mom's house. It's really, really needs a remodel. We're going to redo the kitchen. And my mom was like, the quote I'm getting for this kitchen is like $18,000. And I was like, oh, my God gosh that's a lot of money and at that time I was working as a furniture maker and I had been doing some cabinetry and I was like first of all I know how to make cabinets and second of all $18,000 is less than my dream wood shop professional grade tools all the tools I want I mean not all but all the essential ones for sure and so I did the math and I was I called my mom I was like mom for $15,000, I could get my dream wood shop and all the materials to build you a kitchen and build you a kitchen. And mm. she was like, really? And it was just like a win-win, Creative. you know? And so I got my dream life set up, and she got a kitchen that I'm still working on. <laughs> but the ca- I it's, did, all, it's all in. It just needs the I, doors. I built her cabinets. <laughs> she has a way bigger and nicer kitchen than she had. I'm still working on making doors, which now Weston's moving back in, so that's going to be pretty easy to finish up. Um, And so then, like, I mean, it was just crazy. We took this very, I would say, ambitious um, plunge of buying this house mm-hmm. with, like, very little income and things. And within a year, we had Maya's full studio set up, my full studio set up with like noise canceling walls so that we could, I could run my wood shop <laughs> while Airbnbs were sleeping in the house. And oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> and we had our Airbnb up and running within a couple months. And yeah. The craziest thing is we have not had to pay a full $2,000 mortgage payment since maybe month two or three. Like, that's, wow. that's what mm-hmm. Airbnb has done for us. we moved into our house yeah. in, like, May or June. Yeah. I, would, I mean, we've been there for, October. like, almost four years, and we haven't had to pay even half the mortgage payment in probably two or three Are there years. any downsides of having an Airbnb in your house? Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, at sure least we are. have a house. <laughs> yeah, there sure are. Running an Airbnb with kids uh, but yeah. upstairs is very difficult, especially right now. Like, when we moved in, when we started the Airbnb, we didn't have our younger son. We just had Isla, who was two, three. She was three at the time. Mm-hmm. So she was, like, still young, but old enough that we could, like, train her pretty quickly to be like, okay, well, there's people downstairs. We have to walk lightly or, like, not yeah. throw it's like literally toys in your downstairs. on the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's like we're the annoying upstairs apartment, basically. Mm-hmm. And With so, young kids. Exactly. And so now, like, so like I said, Isla was pretty easy to, like, corral, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and now we have Landon and Isla. And Landon is two, and he's very loud. And it's, like, just two of them, it's just so much harder to keep them quiet. And so it can be, like, during the the summer, because we live an hour and a half from Yellowstone, the summer is our big Airbnb season. We live, like, five minutes from the airport, hour and a half from Yellowstone. So we get a lot of, like, one-night stays, two-night stays of people coming in and out of going to the National Park. Yeah. And so... um, and it's like constant in the summer we have we get booked like almost to full capacity it's like constant and so this last summer was really exhausting like everyone coming out of covid and stuff wanting to travel yeah like we were busy like we were really busy and so for me being the one that's at home with the kids it was 
exhausting. So you're the one like cleaning it. I'm cleaning it. Well, Dallas tells it does a lot to clean it. If we can like work it out where it's like on his lunch break or like we have a gap, like he'll we'll do it together. But just the managing, like taking care of my family and the household of what we have upstairs quietly, yeah. <laughs> like while people are right. trying to be on vacation downstairs, can be really difficult. Yeah, I it's bet. really really hard. But um, overall, always on your mind too. Like yeah, it's like so there. draining. It's so draining. So. Um, but, Especially in the winter when we can't send the kids outside very easily. Right. That's very true. Like in the summer, it's like I can take them to the park to get some energy out oh, and stuff. Yeah. But it's like when it's 20 below and. Right. Because Montana's freezing. Yeah. They've it got cabin cold, fever. Yeah. It's, it can be rough for sure. Um, but I mean, I think I really think that is the like you would think that there would be like, you know, you have strangers in your house. It's really like really, truly, that is the biggest downside for me. We have really had really good luck with people good guests really good guests i've mm-hmm. talked about this before with other people that i think that um the people who use airbnb are of a different mindset than people will just go and rent a motel or a motel or a hotel mm-hmm. because they go into it knowing at least subconsciously that it's someone's like specific private property yeah and so you treat it a little bit differently than just kind of an anonymous yeah, hotel it feels room. less commercial and more like exactly. it's a person's house mm-hmm. yeah it's like you really kind of have to study like what the individual expectations are for every place that you rent you know so there's just like a little bit more work they've put into it to rent yeah. an airbnb emotionally even you know right if you so, break something you know exactly who has to pay for exactly. it instead of oh it's just a hotel you yeah know? yeah true. so it's like people like the people part of it has not been an issue 99 of the time yeah it's really that's great. so nice yeah mm-hmm. I mean, like, we're three years into it, and we just put a lock on our door. <laughs> and and <laughs> for, we did like, that for two, our dog. And we did like, it so our dog would not go down and bother people while we were on uh, while we've we were never, traveling. <laughs> yeah, we've almost never had a concern about it's people. It's like safety issues. Like, it's never been yeah. hmm. never been an issue. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah. So the house worked out great. It was a very, um, has so far been a, a wise investment. Yeah, yeah dude. That's yeah. so great. And with the uh, pandemic, our... We bought our house for three three hundred. We could, it's now valued at like over five hundred. So, nice a little bit of inflation there. Yeah, equity. Mm-hmm. But everything's gone up, so it's like we can't really sell and can't move. really sell yeah. and buy anything else. Yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. Well, another thing we got so lucky in is the neighbors immediately close to us are the best. Like they have kids the same age as our kids. They're so sweet. Like, we had a block party this summer that was just one of the coolest things I've ever been to. Like, it's just great. Yeah. Yeah, our neighborhood's so awesome. Montana in general, I think, is is just the people are so friendly. And like, and I liked visiting there. People are really friendly. They, they still have humanity. You know, you go to, like, big <laughs> cities and people have just lost touch with their humanity, you know, uh. because they get so frustrated with people people in their way all the time that they just have no sympathy well it feels good to like not have to wear a mask up there like that's just kind of not a thing not enough people to really spread covid anymore yeah it's It's like i remember when the the pandemic first started i remember one of the first like pandemic merch items that i saw people peddling was montana social distancing since like whatever the year montana was established (laughs) because there's hardly any people there it's just wide open lots of space yeah we live in like the third biggest city and it's like there's like fifty thousand people barely yeah 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 Yeah. what do you see next for you guys like is doing airbnb what you want to do forever or do you have ambition 
in addition to what you're doing? Yeah. Like what's next? Where do you want to go? We're talking Airbnb wise. We're talking about um, doing an extension in our house above the garage. We have room to be able to do that. And we're talking about either, well, the short version, probably making it, making that extension into the Airbnb and then us moving our family into the upstairs and downstairs of the main part of the house. So it'd be more of like a separate apartment so that we don't have that emotional stress mm-hmm. aspect of it. It's much more it'd like still like on our property. It'd be like a separate entrance because right now it's like the, 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 you know, split, split level, door right? Level. Same door, split level entrance right under our feet. So yeah, doing it that way. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I would prefer not to do Airbnb forever. <laughs> it would, it's been really great getting us into the house, but yeah. But it's a lot for sure. Do you like having your studios both in the house? Love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. For me, it's like, it's ideal because I am the stay at home caregiver for our two kids also. So I have like a ton of flexibility, no commute to be able to go and work flexibly in my studio. Mm -hmm. Um, Like right now, Landon actually just started daycare two days a week. Like last week, he had a second day. And so from now on, it's going to be Monday and Wednesday. He's at daycare across the street from our house in our one of our Jeez, good friend's house so that does an in-home daycare. And then wow. I'm going to work at home. So it's like everything for me is like I drop. I walk Isla down the block to school. I walk Landon across the street to daycare. And then I go into the garage to go to work. So there's like zero commute. <laughs> Your entire life is in one little... Like less than a mile radius. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... Um, less than two blocks. Really. Yeah, exactly. So I really love that aspect of it. Um, you is know. the is the church pretty strong up there in Bozeman? Yeah, there's... The, I mean, it's a pretty good community. It's similar to Oregon. Yeah. It's... Yeah. In our, in our town of 10,000, there's... Two wards. There's two wards of about 100 active people. Mm-hmm nice yeah has that been like since covid and everything has it been hard with like not going to church do you miss or do you like staying home i mean we've been going to church for a year since covid mm-hmm. so it's all kind of it's gone, gone back Mon- to yeah montana is so much different than so much of the rest of the u.s i especially you know being back in oregon right now it's like this is the first time this, this is the most we've worn masks oh yeah being back a here a long oh time yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a long know. time. I mean, just a combination of, like, the lack of population and the politics out there. And it's not like we are the type that won't wear masks. Or, I mean, we're both vaccinated. We both yeah. have no problem wearing masks we're at all. We're not the people in our community that were like, oh, masks. the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Masks are such a joke. No, <laughs> we're happy to wear masks. But, like, literally, yeah. there's, there's no reason for it in Montana. Like, I, I haven't seen anybody that's gotten – actually, our neighbor got sick recently. But, like – here, there's a lot of people getting sick. In Montana, like it's been a long time since I've seen somebody. And it's the people, the people who we're seeing pop up and get sick are the people who chose not to get vaccinated. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. So yeah, yeah. It's it, COVID has fortunately um, sort of ran its course in our area, which is a beautiful thing. Um, That's nice. Yeah, you were asking though about um, if it's nice having a studio in the by the house and. Like Maya was saying, it is really nice to having that for me because it's so close. But also, I'm in a single car garage that's a little extra deep. And running a wood shop like that, mm-hmm. the only thing, if you want to make that into a business, really the only thing you can do in that size of a shop is cutting boards, you know, Yeah. as a business. Mm-hmm. I, can make, I can make furniture, but it has to be as a hobby because... 
I can literally fit one piece at a time, you know? Yeah. So ideally, like. Like you saw that that project he was working yeah, on. Yeah, that giant cutting. Or not cutting. It was a yeah, countertop, right? Yeah. It's 12 it feet long. 12 feet long by almost five feet wide. It's a pretty it huge was, cutting board. Yeah. <laughs> that was an inch and three quarter. It was 500 pounds, that thing. Jeez. Did you finish it, that project? Yeah, mm-hmm. I did. And wow. it took up his yeah. whole studio. Like, you, it was he was working on it yeah. while you were visiting, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You saw it. it took up the whole space. Yeah, yeah, you were loading bullets on it when I was there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I was getting ready for hunting season. Um, It was huge and like i can handle that but like that's literally the only thing i can do it's kind of maxed out it was covering my workbench and going across my table saw you know like oh yeah yeah so you know you're asking about like what's our ambition now what's our goals and i keep thinking like my job currently pays pretty well and i love the people i work for I really enjoy what I do. It's not difficult work. I'm never exhausted. And it's exciting. But I love woodworking. And sometimes I think, like, it really would not be hard for me to turn that into a full-time business and be as making as much money as I am currently, you know? But so you want to have your own thing? I, I, I've been thinking, you know, I think about it once in a while. And I don't know. Maybe that'll be next time we talk. Maybe it'll have happened. I, you should, man. I know. That kind of flexibility is so nice. I would have to get a shop and a different, you know, I'd have to rent a shop. I wouldn't have to really buy any tools. I literally, like my... You I really w- just need more space. Mm-hmm. I was able to buy all the tools that were essential when I, when I did my mom's kitchen. And then, that was years ago. And since then, I've, every job I've taken on has gone into buying the extra tools that I wasn't able to purchase in the initial, you know, purchase. Yeah, so you're, like, adding on to it, getting that, like, sweet dust collector. Oh, my gosh, yeah. (laughs) The dust collector was, like, $3,000, something like that. It was outrageous. But, but yeah, it was was paid for by a... And that was another thing. It was also emotionally traumatic because he bought it in the middle of the pandemic. And so the supply chain issues were an absolute disaster. (laughs) Yeah. The one, the one I bought was supposed to be $1,500, but it was just like, Oh, we don't know if it'll ever actually land. It's just sitting in the ocean forever. (laughs) And so finally I was like, fine, I'm giving you another thousand dollars to get the better one. That's way overkill, but I'll have it sooner. And like two days after I made that decision, I got a huge commission that paid for it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nice. okay, yes. Yeah, so I've been able to get a lot of great tools um, from commission jobs. And and uh, so now I just keep thinking, man, I wonder if I should go full-time into woodworking, you know? And I don't know. It's so hard because I'm so comfortable right now, you know? I was just but, about to say, it's nice to hearing you say that out loud because I don't think you've ever said that to me directly yeah, of like... It's, it's which been, part? That he wants to make it a professional gig. Like he's... Mm-hmm. We've oh. talked about it in the past and he's be like, yeah, you know, you know, you have your professional studio but like, mom, mine's a hobby. Like I mm-hmm. do, I like doing stuff every once in a while but mm-hmm. like, I want to keep it a hobby. It's really exciting hearing you he's say like... like I mm-hmm. did my... I took my one risk in yeah, my exactly. life. I... <laughs> Exactly. I bought a house and I <laughs> took this loan and that was scary enough. I'm just gonna. I know. I've talked to you. I've talked life. to you, Ammon, about <laughs> how my life just—it's so comfortable right now. I've got an amazing wood shop. I've got the wife of my dreams and two perfect kids, and my house pays for itself. Right? Like, Do you have any problems? <laughs> 
I can honestly <laughs> say I really don't have any major problems. Uh, That's amazing, dude. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It really That's is. so nice. Yeah, I, I really don't. I don't. And, but, like, so I feel very comfortable. And I'm I'm at that, like, crossroads of, like, is it good to just accept that I'm comfortable? Or should I now push myself again, you know, and see, yeah, where, like, and see I mean, where it takes me, you know? What do you want to do? Well, that's the thing is like I I really would love to start a woodworking shop, but if I were to do that, I would have to get an employee that would work on it too because I would not want to be doing it full time. I would like to be you know going out and finding more jobs and things. But yeah, man, you need know. somebody. I to... just I really enjoy my current job and it's so easy <laughs> yeah i mean if you're not life is so if and you're what not, do i always say to you <laughs> i mean if you're not bored and you don't want anything different or more exactly if, if you have everything you want exactly then but yeah I don't but know. that's you know i could have said that before i bought this house and my life has gone so much better every decision i make big decision like this makes my life so much better you know, more, more fulfilled. And now I'm at the point where I have come to a plateau of feeling like everything has been accomplished and I'm just riding this peak, but I see the mountain far away and say, (laughs) man, do I, do I want to hike it? How cool would it be from up there? Do I want want to go on that hike? You know, do I just be content with the, this current view? Exactly. Is it, is it greedy to want more, you know? (laughs) Well, if you're going to die, would you want to look back on your life and say, I'm glad that I stayed in the spot that I was? Yeah. But like I can build furniture and feel and feel very I can go to my wood shop and build and take a month and build something perfect, make it absolutely perfect and feel so accomplished. Mm-hmm. With a woodworking business, I wouldn't be able to take that time, but I could potentially make more money than I'm making now and I could make a lot of furniture instead of one or two pieces a month you know and so and hopefully since i am the slow the slow steady train mm-hmm. in my studio practice i will hopefully eventually make some kind of consistent money yeah very <laughs> so true. it won't be just very a single true. income household anymore yeah. which would help a lot in that endeavor but yeah, yeah i mean i feel you on that i i am really comfortable in ashland mm-hmm. southern oregon's like a really small community and i and one of the main videographers here. So I have plenty of work and I was just having lunch or no dinner with my mom the other day. And I was like, I just don't feel challenged here. I don't really feel like I'm, I have the type of clients, like my ideal clients. Right. And so I've been, you know, thinking about, you know, where else I could go, but Mm -hmm. it's stemming from a place of, like I want more Mm -hmm. I want something different I want to be challenged I want to have bigger clients and just do I want to go more places Mm -hmm. but yeah if you don't have that feeling then yeah it's hard to succeed from a place of just like should I climb that mountain just because I'm supposed to right mm-hmm. or you have to kind of want it especially something it like, like that that's totally entrepreneurial that you right. really have to like have the self gumption mm-hmm. yeah to not able to only start but then maintain it yeah like it's, maybe there's a different mountain to climb and it's it's almost worrisome because like like we've been talking life for me has gone so easy 
you know? Yeah. Like, I have not, like, you know, I always had a partner to help me, Weston and now Maya. And even on my mission, I had companions. I've never had to do anything really alone. Still don't. And everything I've ever worked through has gone well. And so I, it's so easy to just be like, do I sit here and be content? But also have the feeling of like, well, it's always worked out so far. So if I take this plunge, maybe it'll work out. But maybe it won't. I don't know. It's so hard. I don't know if I've ever met anybody like you who's just had like such a cozy life. I mean, I, from my perspective... um, your life always wasn't always like super easy. Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't. I maybe it's just an outlook, you know. I yeah. just maybe you just have a really good outlook. Yeah, that might be it. I I I do try to see very positively. Yeah, I think it's a hundred percent an outlook thing. I, it's, I mean, not knowing him from growing up, growing up was tough. Yeah, from what I've heard, yeah. and just like our shared experience that I can talk about is. Uh, when I got pregnant with Isla, for me, it oh, was that's a good point. devastating. Like, like we mentioned, we got married about a year after I was 19 years old, 20 when I had, I, like I got, I, we got married at, when I was 19, I turned 20, like a couple weeks later. And I was pregnant with Isla three weeks into being married. Like I said, in the middle of trying to get my degree, like I was on a track, was ready to go. One broken condom <laughs> and... <laughs> a morning after pill later mm-hmm. and you and, were devastated and i was devastated like really truly like deep dark depression what am i gonna do now i like i'm trying oh. to go to college it was awful it was truly awful i, I mean. think it was like, even more awful for you maya because i could not sympathize with you no truly i felt very alone because like i was newly I was married in a the new exact city opposite i had come with I had come from a family, like, oh, a kids. huge family, yeah. and yeah. I had so many nieces and nephews from older to me, older than me, all the way down to like a new one every couple of years, you know? Mm-hmm. And they all felt like siblings, and I had so many, and I loved babies, and I knew how to raise kids, more or less, because I had been doing it forever, you know? I had been involved with so very closely involved with so many of my younger nieces and nephews so as soon as i found out maya was pregnant i was just ecstatic i could not wait to be a father Hmm. and she even though you weren't trying yeah Mm -hmm. yeah but like we were not trying because of her schedule right like i was like i was like i you know anytime (laughs) i can't wait you know so when she got pregnant she was so miserable and i was like i can't pretend like I'm miserable with you because I'm not. I'm so excited, you know. Yeah. So it maybe it is an outlook. Thing. It was awful, yeah. awful on my end of it. <laughs> luckily, you know, mm-hmm. luckily I had him as a sports system, and he was like, "Yeah, we're gonna do it." And we're, and my parents were super supportive, and like, whatever we need to do to help you get through school, like we're also gonna help you support like childcare, whatever. Yeah. My mom drove up to Portland, which was like an hour away for them, multiple times a week for the first few months she and my sister both until isla was old enough to go into daycare yeah yeah like huge support system from family around yeah that was great that's cool yeah how do you how what is your outlook like like how do you do how do you have an outlook that's so positive me yeah Compared to like a typical person, you know, I, I I'm trying to think of where you just it stay came off from social media. Is that what it is? <laughs> no, absolutely not. I I wonder. I'm trying to figure it out because 
I've had this outlook well before social media and well before I was married and, you know, but actually, you know, when I was a child, I grew up, I think I figured it out, Ammon, right now. Yes. You pulled out the epiphany. When I was a child, I grew up with um, one twin brother, two siblings at home, and parents that were had already raised six or seven kids. They were in their 50s, then 60s, and I felt like they could care less. You know, they loved me very much, but they didn't. They were incredibly hands off. They were so hands off that like. Your parents? mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Emotionally, if I tried to get emotional support, it was, it was very much, um, I think they were just kind of done, you know? Yeah. They had just been like, we've, we have raised this many kids and it all went great. All of our children are fine. Well, most of them grew up fine, but it just, anyway, growing up, I just, I, what I'm trying to say is I did not feel loved growing up, you know? Yeah. I would say whenever I was at your house, when we were kids, it was always, you know, I liked hanging out with you guys. Of course Mm -hmm. we'd have our you know, games we'd play cops and robbers and whatever else we would do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always felt like afraid of your parents mm. because they were like either beating you guys with like belts and hangers and vacuum cords and vacuum cords, and fly swatters and stuff. Um, or screaming at you or like, you know, or just, we were reading scriptures right. or doing chores. Mm-hmm. It was always work. Yeah. And, and, Honestly, I felt like, you know how in the Bible they had children that were there to like, you know, till the fields and and raise the crops. And Mm -hmm. I felt like that's where I was born. I was born because my parents were old and they needed someone to work the yard, you know. And obviously that wasn't really the case. My dad was incredible. My mom had her aneurysm issues. But I just, I remember so many times going off on my own and being like, I just wish someone would even think about me, you know? Yeah. I mean, Weston and I were very close, but as soon as we got into high school, he started dating and was emotionally, he had somebody. Yeah. And I, I never had a girlfriend and my parents were not really there emotionally. So I really felt alone big time and very much struggled for that love. I remember spending a lot of time at your house and I loved going to your house and I thought your parents were amazing. Your mother was probably one of those people that gave me love that mm-hmm. I craved so hard. She and I love your mom so much because of the love she showed to me even though I was so awful all the time, you know, breaking things and being mean <laughs> to you guys and but she really did. She cared about me, you know, and she always has. And your dad um, was always nice to us and stuff. And well, you got a big old soft heart, but it's just so interesting, like that you, because I watched you and Weston grow up in the same house and go through the same stuff as Niall, mm-hmm. and just how you have just like, from your perspective, had it so easy. Mm-hmm. And I talked to Niall, and he, um, you know just has a, a really different outlook, a different perspective. He, his, from his perspective and talking to him, we, we visited, mm. he just feels like really angry about a lot of stuff still and bitter. Yeah, um, and he went through a lot of really hard things. And some that's of them are like 
maybe choices are just different. Mm -hmm. You know, you make choices that are just take you down a different path of people's personalities right. are just different. But it's just interesting to see, like, you guys came from the same blood, same house, and yeah. just, I mean, the, you, you like, ended up in the same place, you live in the same place. Truly all of the siblings, if you look, are such an interesting social experiment. Yeah. <laughs> like, across the spectrum. Really, but it was really. like the same experiment. Right. <laughs> they right. all just, like, <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. It's handle like, it so different. It's such an interesting social experiment because it was the same, like. Oh, yeah, I see what you're the, saying. You know what I'm saying? It's like the same foundation for all of them. Mm -hmm. And they, there was some, there's a wide spectrum of where yeah. the siblings landed as right. far as, like what their lives are like now very well, true so i my epiphany that i had a minute ago was my my growing up was lonely and and i i remember feeling such a lack of love but when i went on my mission and when i came back that all changed and as soon as i met maya and got married i had a partner not like weston i had someone who like really emotionally loved me instead of I mean Weston and I love each other but it's obviously so different you right know? and um and so now I just I'm just yeah kind of on cloud nine all the time that like someone actually loves me you <laughs> that you like got that one thing you were missing yeah yeah and m maybe that's not the whole reason but why i have this outlook but i think that's a big part of it you know it's just i think it's really the people in your life that you surround yourself with mm -hmm. i think that's a huge part of of why i am so happy is the people that i choose to reach out to the people i choose to communicate with and most of them are my family my nieces and nephews you know yeah um yeah they just have brought me so much joy throughout my life and and then Maya obviously is. It's super interesting yeah. listening to you say this again because I was just, I'm just thinking back, like when we were first married, seven years in now. It's hard to is it seven? We've been married seven six years. Yeah, I have a six. So it's seven, seven years. Yeah. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> I was saying that earlier. I was like, that's the right number. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, hearing you say that reminding me that like when we were first married, I watched and like walked with Dallas through him, uh really like uh gaining a self-esteem you know like having to like reassure him that yeah no i really do like you and like i do really oh, yeah. want to be with you oh my gosh when she held and my you're... hand for the first time and didn't let go <laughs> like do you like my hand it's really sweaty yeah. and callous yeah. like i tricked her to hold my hand be like oh we're, we got to jump over this little creek hold my hand i'll like guide you over this we jumped <laughs> over and she didn't let go and i was like <gasps> I love how that's a trick. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like being a gentleman. A scheme. <laughs> but like, you know, like through our serious dating and like into our marriage, it was definitely like a growth that I watched of the confidence that came out and flourished because he felt reassured that there was someone that was like really on his side. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just hadn't thought about that in a while, but it was definitely something that we like I, I have thought about in the mm. past and we've talked about in the past, but it's just been so long since you've been through that growth period. Yeah. Like you're solidly through that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I am going through that now. I think with my partner, mm -hmm. she's like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? Like you, 
you really want to be with me mm-hmm. there's no alternative uh, motive yeah no other I have agenda. to say Ammon, I have I, a lot of doubts I'm, I mean I, I mean I don't know if they're doubts but it's just insecurity yeah mm-hmm. yeah what were you gonna say I was just gonna say I like I said I, I know you I've known you since the beginning and um I I could tell Damaris was not right but it was your decision so I respected it obviously I wasn't gonna ever say like this is not right because mm-hmm. it wasn't my place um, and I would never do that with any of your relationships, but I feel so much better watching you with Taylor and I feel so much happier knowing that you have someone who truly cares about you for who you are. It's just, yeah, it's a huge difference. It's like see. invested yeah. in your personal mm-hmm. growth. Yeah, it is super nice. I, I, I wish that somebody would have said something to me yeah. when I was in an, a, a toxic relationship mm-hmm. or that I was you know, not being true to myself because nobody yeah. really did. People, I, I guess feel like bad. Mo- my mom did. Yeah. It's so hard, right? But because yeah, if, it if is you so had chosen hard. to it's stay just, with her, then I probably it would have been... wouldn't have listened. That's you the know? thing. And but it would have been nice to have somebody like, just to like really have had my back. Just be like, hey, dude, I see you doing this stuff. Like you're, I don't know, maybe people did and I just didn't notice or listen, but maybe not just the right yeah. the wrong people did and i just mm-hmm. didn't trust them and that's interesting I, th- I think there's some re-education we all need on that for example when you lived in portland you and dan reese got into a an argument that that led you to ask me if you could stay the house the night at my house mm-hmm. and i immediately was like absolutely you, you know you're welcome to but inside i was like i don't want to get in the middle of this this is like you know like <laughs> You know, I, I'm always going to be happy to, to help, but, like... You're the non-confrontation guy. I guess that's what it was. Just like with mm. us. But, like, I, I just never felt like it would have been ever my place to say, hey, Ammon, you are married, but you picked the wrong one, you know? Yeah. Like, how can you say that? Even somebody as close to you as me, you know? Like, I, I don't think I... Even if I knew what the ending was, I just don't feel like it was my place, you know? You made yeah. a you made a very informed choice, and uh, I don't know how I could have. But yeah, you're right. I mean, maybe you, if we ever do see those situations, we should do our part. But then it could end so horribly our relationship with that person. You know. Yeah, I guess that's the risk that you take. There's like a time where you where you do it. You know, you can tell mm-hmm. if somebody will be open to the thing you're going to say or not. And sometimes you just have to say it anyway. Like yeah. if you can tell for sure that they're in a toxic situation like people that are in an abusive relationship for example mm-hmm. you you can be well it's not really my place but oh yeah um that's definitely and i wasn't in an abusive and relationship because so exactly. you weren't in a physically abusive relationship and you guys were also like working on it too like you were mm-hmm. going to therapy and that's like true. yeah you know yes yeah, it's, it's really hard so for sure it was definitely hard for us as outsiders you know i never would have because i was so new to the family Right, that was definitely not my place yeah, to ever just, say anything. That's just like the main thing that I got. Like I got that from so many people after I got divorced. People were like, hey, I'm stoked for you. Like it, I always thought you guys weren't good mm-hmm. together. I could always tell that you guys were, like she was just kind of mean to you or I'm just, it always felt like you were betraying yourself. And I'm like, how come I'm the only person that didn't know this? Like was yeah. everybody just like. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, I made it, I made the choice and I had to learn it for myself. And so I'm not like saying that it's anybody's responsibility to like save me. Right. It was my choice and I figured it out. But 
Um, it totally makes sense why that would be hard to hear, though. Just be like, oh, gosh, dang it. Like, yeah, I just like it. It's like, why didn't anybody say? So that's just ever since then, I've gotten a lot more open with my life and just I've gotten a lot more open with people. Mm-hmm. I just I ask them difficult questions and I I don't know. That's part of what I why I have this podcast. Just having I mean, one, I thrive off of connecting with people, um, but I just really enjoy having conversations that people don't typically have and then sharing them with people cut to the chase a little bit more yeah a little bit and just like i don't know i find that it sparks a lot of really quality conversation inside of the podcast Mm -hmm. and then from people that listen they feel like they get to sit down on a really they get to be a fly on the wall for a conversation that they might otherwise be really uncomfortable having right and so maybe I wouldn't have enjoyed hearing from people directly, like being confronted, like, hey, you're in a toxic relationship. But maybe listening to a podcast or stumbling across one that they were talking about this kind of thing and that I could have like reflected mm-hmm. or been like, oh, that kind of feels like my relationship. Like, why, why does that sound similar? Why does that feel yeah. similar? So I just like talking about the really taboo subjects. That's why I talk about like stuff with the church, things that really bothered me that other people just didn't really think about before mm-hmm. or um like this podcast episode that just came out today with the swingers mm-hmm. you know so <laughs> yeah yeah it's just like new stuff new territory and it's interesting for me yeah it's cool it's it's also cathartic just feels like kind of healing to to talk about it openly and so yeah that's why i do it it's awesome but yeah it's not anybody's responsibility to like <laughs> save anybody else <laughs> But it makes sense. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on the pod. Yeah, thanks for inviting us, man. Mm-hmm. Did we miss any parts of your story? Is there anything else that you're going to be like, dang it, I wish I would have said that. Oh, man, I've been sitting here for the last couple minutes thinking about a question you you asked me if I've... I don't remember exactly how you asked it. If I have had any hard times or if I'm having any hard times or something like that. And I said no, but... Hold that microphone a little closer to your mouth. How is that possible? You know, how is it possible that I haven't... I must have have. Can you think of any hard times I've been having or have had? Maybe it'll just come later in your life. Yeah, for real. It's going to be like a reflection later. I don't know. It's like... I think it goes back a lot to my, like, watching my dad deal with, deal with my mom Mm -hmm. and the, and the post aneurysm that she had and the patience he had. Like, I remember sometimes, this is awful, but I remember sometimes following him and just watching him sit on I mean, he was in such bad health towards the end of his life, you yeah. know, and he could barely walk and he was having, you know, such a hard time kind of being patient, but he was never going to be aggressive to her verbally or anything. And sometimes I'd watch him just like after he would like lose his battle with my mom and the way that they would, you know, work things out he would just go sit and just look like so incredibly depressed and just like, I wish I could just go, you know? I remember that dude. I remember seeing him like that sometimes. Yeah. He just like, like swearing under his breath, just mm -hmm. like sitting there like, and that looked kind of like he was giving up. Like Mm -hmm. the way he would, the way he would then find a way to deal with the situation 
taught me so much you know i was i was a very silent observer a lot of times on those situations so i would see how to deal with some of the hardest battles that a man can go through i mean like like f bring out full depression in most people kind of thing and mm -hmm. he would like battle that and i would watch it closely and then you know learn and and I think that may have added a lot of the outlook that I have of of living the way I do and so yeah, I look at I look at the battles that I have and they're all short term, you know. I have decisions that may be hard, I have things that come up that are difficult, but none of them affect my overall happiness. I don't I don't let that happen. You know? Mm -hmm. Just like when Maya and I are talking about a relationship, when we get into disagreements and arguments, I am very conscious that my decisions never lead to her overall happiness going down, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel like that's my my overall plan of execution. Is well, What if there was a decision or something in your life that, I mean, it's hard to think of an example, but something that you had to do or something that you really wanted to do that she had no interest in or something or that I need to like make a sacrifice for. Yeah. Like that, it, that you needed to do it and it was going to make her, her upset or sad no matter what. Hmm. Like if like so many people deal with like, Hey, I have a better job opportunity. I know you don't want to move out of state, but like I'm need to, Oh yeah. Like, like if know you heard the, that have done that. you've heard the quote, most men live a, life of quiet desperation yeah right totally. they just kind of they're like well i'm here like i have all these exactly these commitments it's not really what i want to do but i made it this far mm -hmm. i might as well just be quiet and just like suffer through it until the end of my life mm -hmm. and like focus on the small things that make me happy like i wonder i i mean i don't want to suggest that but i wonder if that's what your dad was going through just like well like i'm just too lazy to fix it or i i just too far I'm too far si in. i'm pretty sick like i mm -hmm. i might as well just like kind of hang in there until the end because mm -hmm. it sometimes seemed that way like he would just it, like he would just sit there and get really really sad i remember that for the mm -hmm. like the last few years of his life he just got sicker and sicker and just had no desire to mm -hmm. like really eat healthier or do much and he would just get pretty angry about stuff. And I just wonder if that's, if that's like a, an unnecessary amount of suffering. Yeah. Me being his son and living with him, I did see um, differently, though. He, he absolutely had goals always. So he, he would sit down with me and, and go over with me about his goals for losing weight. He would have me. He would sit down and say, "Dallas, I'm looking at this and this uh, hotel that offer access to their pools. I'm gonna go swim and try to lose weight." And and he definitely would work on it. And then I would get to see him work on it. And then it wouldn't make much of a difference. And then he gets so depressed, but he wouldn't lose sight of his goals. Mm. You know? Yeah. He was an incredible man. He never gave up. Yeah. Never ever did. Yeah, he was a really good man. Yeah. Really, really patient. Yeah, he really was. So, um I think yeah, that's I 
maybe maybe part of my outlook is is that's my way of never getting to never letting myself get too depressed is by keeping that outlook high which then guides me into the decisions that maintain my level of happiness you know and yeah and i think that if you never if you'd never had anything else in your life like if this is all you ever had for the rest of your life, like you had a really good life. <laughs> I and there's people that have so much less. So often. Yeah. Because I'm the one that comes in. I'm super goal oriented. Like I'm a super like hey, type Dallas, A. What's your five year plan? Planner. Yeah, yeah. Every anniversary, I'm like, hey, what's what's the next few years holding store for us? And he's yeah. like, why are you asking me that yeah. again? I don't yeah. know. But it's like I'm the one. I'm like super type A, very like goal oriented, mm-hmm. super self motiva- motivated. And so I'm the one that's just always like, okay, we got to like keep moving, yeah. keep this truck going. And Maybe I, the world yeah. needs more people like Dallas. It's just like, I'm okay. Like, like I'm fine. content. Yeah. I don't like, want to be yeah. like super happy. I don't want to be sad. Right. I'm just content. And that's good. That's right. I'm, I'm turning, the world would probably be more peaceful. <laughs> I'm a lot more turning, contentedness. I'm turning 30 on January 3rd, just in like just about a month and mm-hmm. a quarter. And 30 is a big one, right? Yeah. And for me, Maya keeps asking, like, how are you feeling about turning 30? And I'm like, I am not stressed about it at all. You know, first of all, my parents, my dad was 50 when I was born. So I already feel like I'm in my 80s because (laughs) I've got kids, you know? Yeah. Second of all, I'm turning 30, which is stressful. But also, I have a job that I love. I have a wife and two kids. I have a house that is, like, doing really well for paying for itself. I have my dream wood shop that I never, I really, I knew I was always going to have a wood shop, but I thought it would be after six years old, you know? Mm-hmm. That was something, when we first got married, it's like, I will have a wood shop after I retire. Yeah. And so all these things that have happened that have put me so far beyond where I ever, ever dreamed I would be at 30, you know? Mm-hmm. So now coming up to this milestone, I'm like, man, I'm only turning 30. <laughs> Maybe that's good then, man. You're just like always focused on the things that you have and what's going right in your life. Yeah. I I find myself complaining Mm -hmm. all the time with my guy friends. I'll be like, this is going wrong. I hate this. I'm mad about that. And then they're like, yeah, (laughs) but like, look at all the things (laughs) are going right for you. Yeah. yeah, That's very true. Mm -hmm. I, I, I focus a lot on the good and the now and, I, I do struggle hard when Maya goes over like the, hey, what's your five-year plan? Because it's like, Maya, like, five bro, my years, five I'll, be, year, I'll be living on Mars my with how life is going. Five years ago, yeah. I'm, yeah. I passed my five-year plan. My five-year plan happened in one year. Like, mm. what more do you want, you know? <laughs> just like, just lay an outline. It doesn't have to be that one. It to be yeah. that way. Just like, let's get something on paper. Yeah, I just... I'm, <laughs> what more do you want, Maya? I, know. I, have, I don't know. I want a list is what I want. Is what I want. I want my Airbnb <laughs> guest to enter a different house or door into the house please that's right i don't want to see them yeah. <sighs> separate you, me do you remember on the mission you'd have a daily planner and you'd have to plan your day yeah i never did that <laughs> really i like almost never planned my days mm. i'm very that is an interesting thing about me i'm very much a live in the moment fly by the seat of your pants and it's worked out really well yeah that has been where it's been like an opposite attract scenario for both of us i was the kid who was gifted a label maker at like nine years old. <laughs> like Be organized. 
stationery was my jam. Like we'd mm-hmm. go to Walmart and yeah. I would skip the toy aisle, go straight to like pens and paper, notepads. Like let's get stuff organized. Let's get some plans laid. Mm-hmm. And it's not even that like you're making plans for me. It's just like that. No. I just, I really love to live in the moment, you know, and mm-hmm. just be present. And it, it makes me a happy person. If I start focusing on how much I need to do, how much more I need to accomplish to be who people think I should be. That's when I start feeling depressed. Yeah, dude. That's when everybody starts feeling depressed. Right. That's like <laughs> the me. thing that's wrong with the world. <laughs> you have the epitome of a healthy mind. If I, if I can say that, like I'm, I'm like trying to live in the moment, trying to, you know, just be content and focus on the things that are going right. And you're like, yeah, that's just like the way that I've always done it. I'm like, <laughs> well, that's great. <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> uh, Never nice. even had therapy and you're fine? Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you ever gone to therapy? I have never gone to therapy. Man. No. That's and, awesome. And that's another thing. Oh, man, maybe I shouldn't say this, but... Say whatever you want, man. I just... Every time you listen to a podcast, like one of the big ones, they all talk about... They all have an ad for a therapy, and they all say, if you're not going to therapy, you need to. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone needs therapy. You need to be talking. And it's like, why do I need therapy? Like, Yeah, there is a kind of a thing, like a push towards therapy these days. Very vogue right this second. But it's like, you yeah. know, every it's just like, here's a medication that makes you do this. Isn't that great? But, like, do I actually need that, you know? Mm-hmm. Some people do. And, Some but people it's do. Like, abs- it's like the... I'm never, ever going to say But you're talking for bad. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want the I think I think, on ther- I think therapy is incredible. I love therapy for so many people, and I think it's amazing. But I have never been like, man, I need to see a therapist. Yeah, and I think that's okay. You know, I don't think that I ever felt that way either. I think other people told me that, like, you should see a therapist yeah. because, like, no one's ever told me things that, so. happened. You know, like in my life that yeah, you know. totally, mm-hmm. totally. And and p- people might say like with that whole like lack of love thing growing up maybe I need therapy for that but you know I maybe I don't because maybe I found a way to heal it myself you know and that's probably yeah. possible yeah like if you're self sufficient right and you like were able to identify what you were lacking and why yeah. and then how to mm-hmm. like achieve it and get it in your life and you're content yeah. with that therapy is an amazing thing for sure I just have never felt the need for myself yeah. Yeah, then don't go. It's expensive. Maybe I should be a therapist. Oh, the how the turntables. <laughs> Dallas's therapy session with his clients. You don't need therapy. <laughs> Get no. out just of focus my office. On being in the moment. I'm just kidding, Dallas. Exactly your your message was very clear. I'm just teasing. <laughs> your message is very clear. Nobody's gonna get mad at you. You haven't said anything in this whole conversation that's controversial whatsoever. All right. I get that a lot from listeners and, you know, people are like, you really like to say things that are controversial. You like to say things just to get a reaction, just to stir the pot. Mm-hmm. Like, well, yeah, like that's <laughs> Duh. Like, Why not? <laughs> but it, it's, I don't, I don't think that that's good when I will just say something just, even though I don't maybe think that way or agree with that mm-hmm. just to get a reaction. That's maybe not. And that's maybe a little manipulative. Not as constructive, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I like it. How long are we in? Probably way too long. Hour and 45. Yeah. Yeah. Maya, got anything Evan? you want to say? 
Nah, Dallas covered it. She's like, I'm really sleepy and I have to pee again. <laughs> I'm actually doing okay on the pee, nice. pee dinner. <laughs> you're the one that I listened to your last episode of Cheyenne and you had to take your pee break. Talk oh, about dude, yeah, I know. I'm kind of surprised. I almost finished this whole bottle. I usually have to pee halfway through these. Yeah. But yeah, I'm doing good. Nice. Well. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate your time. I'm glad we got to make this work tonight. Thank yeah, you. thanks, Ammon. Good to see you too, man. Yeah. If any of our well. listeners want to take a vacation in Montana, <laughs> look up our Airbnb. Let, let us know. Oh, yeah. Where you can, can people find your... You guys have, yeah. like, Instagrams for your professional business, right? Yeah. You can have the Airbnb... People come listen to Both our kids us. stomp above them. <laughs> yeah. Did we sell it to you well enough? Mm-hmm. I had a great time. It was super comfortable. <laughs> yeah. The kids aren't too bad. Yeah. Yeah. We are both on Instagram. I'm just Maya Clough Studio. Mine is Clough Woodworks. I try and keep everything under my name. Makes it simple. M Y A C L U F F. Studio. Studio. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, y'all. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to show your support, you can share it with a friend or you can leave a review on iTunes, which helps this podcast's rating, which allows it to be heard and discovered by more people. You can also subscribe and leave donations at this podcast's support page, which is at anchor.fm slash ambitious podcast slash support. And all of that is in this episode's show notes. Be sure to scroll down to this episode's show notes and all that information is there. And again, thank you so much. And I really appreciate you listening and for showing your support.